This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. Thank you guys for being with us today. I'm so excited. We have Andre Bustamante here. And usually we have a lot of people who are the head team leads. We have people who are the team leaders. This case, we have um, someone who is on a team. Andre has joined the Nino team. Victor Nino is the team. They did about 254 transactions. He's going to talk to you a little bit about new builds. We've got a lot of great stuff. So Andre, welcome. Thank you so much for the introduction. Appreciate it. I'm very excited to answer any questions that anyone has. So I want to first start off by talking about new builds. How many new builds have you done? And what did you do to kind of get those contracts going in from that? For sure. So this year, currently I have 23 pending. Of those 23 pendings that I have, 20 are new builds. And I mean, one of the ways that a lot of clients really enjoy the fact that they can get a new build is because they don't necessarily have to compete. In this resale market, it being one of the most competitive markets, especially in Austin, a lot of my clients have had to go 10 to 30% over ask. With new builds, these builders only require a deposit to go under contract, and they offer lender incentives. They offer a 10 to 1 warranty, and it's a new house. So a lot of my clients love the fact that they do not have to compete and just require a deposit. So you started real estate when you were 19 in order to pay for college. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about how you got rookie of the year. I was rookie of the year when I first started. What were some of the disciplines that you put in place that you said, I'm going to be rookie of the year. I'm going to make it happen. What were some things that you did on a daily basis to make that happen? I've, the biggest thing I feel is the standard of a team that you're on with my team. Thankfully I joined probably the best team I could have joined every Monday. We had team meetings and my business partners would always say, Hey, how many do you have pending? And they would always have around double digits, like 15 to 18. So my standard was like, this is normal to have 15 and 18 pending. So that's what it started off. And then a morning routine, we're independent contractors. So it's our Our job is based on whatever we make of it. So I have a strict morning routine, wake up early, work out, meditate, visualize, all these things. Then I would always also have my visions board. That's kind of the cliche side of things. But then I really focus on my sphere of influence and just getting referrals and talking more so about my story as opposed to telling people facts. It was more so like, look, facts tell, stories sell. So being a great storyteller And this business is crucial to the success of a realtor, I believe. So what I'd like you to do is kind of tell us your script that you use, kind of your best three lines that you would use if you were going to be trying to call me. Let's just pretend I was a lead that came in. I just put my name, phone number, and email. One as a buyer, one as a seller. I want you to role play with me of what you would say to get me to close the deal. So one thing that I will say 
I don't, so I do not cold call. I tried the cold calling stuff and it was not my gig. So mostly for me, everything is, I get a lot of, a lot of people reach out to me through Instagram, through TikTok, sphere of influence. Like I, I do not prospect. Thankfully, it's all like warm leads for me. So anyone, anybody that calls already wants to buy or sell and anything I've dealt with has been through warm leads, sphere of influence, referrals, social media. That, that's how I get most of my business. And my team does that as well. We only have two cold callers out of 15. So out of the, like, what's the best performing thing you've done on TikTok or Facebook that's really kind of brought leads in for you? It's documenting lessons. <laughs> when I say lessons is like one time I was selling a $2.5 million home and I didn't put something in writing. And that was on me. The agent had said verbally, hey, you know what? We're going to have a warranty in place. The option period expired and I did not have that in writing. So it was $50,000 to get a warranty from someone not being that builder. And I paid that out of my pocket. So I document that. I talk about that on TikTok. I'm realistic. Not everything is like set in, it, not everything is golden in real estate. And we have to talk about things that go wrong because there will be things that go wrong. So a lot of people appreciate the, the transparency on that end. So a lot of people can talk about closings and all, but what's the process? What are you going through? What are you struggling with? I've gotten a lot of great reactions from that on TikTok and Instagram. So that's a great one. I don't, I don't know if I like that particular example, because to me, I don't know that I'd want to work with an agent that kind of blatantly forgot something, but I do like that idea that you, you just said, I think that's great. So any problem that comes up kind of post a little bit about that, like, here's the situation, here's how I handled it. Give me, yes. give me another that's, example like that. Give me an that's example. That's one example. Like that. And then another one is kind of just talking about the stories. Like I said, facts tell, stories sell. So with this, I talked about my story of how I was able to buy a home at 23 years old, graduating college. A lot of people think that's not possible. And when I talked about that story, I had a lot of people reaching out that were of similar age that had just graduated college that didn't really think they were going to be able to afford a house. And that's when a lot of started uh, people started reaching out. It's like, Hey, if you can do it, I can do it as well. So let's talk. So let's say that, give us another example of any kind of story that maybe you shared of something that maybe went wrong in a transaction that people love to hear about. Can you think of any examples like that? Because I think that's actually really powerful because instead of just saying, I sold this, another closing, another ratified, um, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you one while you start thinking about it. But we had a situation where I'll remember my, it was probably like my fourth house or something like that when I first started in the business and there was a chandelier and the no one said anything about this chandelier. And we came in to walk through and we said, Hey, you know, wh where's the chandelier? And, and the, the seller, I, I think we represented the buyer and that we said, well, the chandelier is supposed to come with the house. And she's like, Oh, absolutely not. That was my great grandmother's chandelier. 
And there's no way I'm leaving that. So that was a point of contention. And we talked about how we solve the problem and said, listen, you know, fixtures, you know, are going in the house. You said that there was no mention in the contract that you didn't put that in. And we actually got how we resolved it. I think we ended up getting like $3,000 or something like that, uh, in escrow uh, to take care of that chandelier. But that's the kind of things that people like to hear. So like, if that was your situation, take a picture of the chandelier, you'd post that on Facebook and kind of explain the situation and ask people like, what do you think is, you know, the right answer or something like that? Is that, is that what I'm hearing you say? You kind of give some examples like that in real life? Yes, exactly. Because like we were talking about, a lot of people just post closings, but people want to see authenticity and just what's really going on. It's documenting things, not just the end results that have helped a ton. Then one video I actually posted very recently is about my team and how long it took to make their first clo- for their first sale. A lot of people think it's like, oh, you'll make it your first week. Well, my business partner that has sold 800 plus homes and has 28 years of experience he took like six months to sell his first home. So that's the reality. Sometimes, you know, not everything is, is perfect. That Mm. one was also great. That was a great hit on the, on TikTok. And on Instagram, I also talk a lot about new builds, the benefits as well, educating clients. I like to mix it up. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Kanzel Realty. One of the other things we give you is revenue share, where you get five levels of money in your downline every time you attract an agent to the company. And guess what? The first three levels open up right away. So let's pretend like you're not a great recruiter, but you bring on a couple people who are heavy hitters. Guess what? You don't have to hire five or 10 agents to open up those tiers. You automatically get those. So that's what makes us very different. This is Kanzel. So let's talk about outsourcing some of the things that you're doing. So let's talk about how you, in the very beginning, what you started doing and constantly outsourcing and delegating some of the things that you need to do so your production can be higher. Oh, for sure. So being on the team, we do have two office managers. But the important thing here is any anybody that joins for the first three months, they have to do their own contracts have to do pretty much everything on their own just so that they know and understand the contracts back and forth and those small tedious things so they can also appreciate what the office managers will do. So after those three months, now for myself, anytime there's a contract, I'm going to outsource that because my time is best spent elsewhere. What is your time worth? How much money is your time worth? And based on knowing how much money your time is worth, you can delegate those things that are worth, worth less. So that's kind of how I see it. Like if mowing my lawn is worth $50, that's not worth my time. I'm going to outsource that. So any contracts, all my volume stuff, talking to accounting, bookkeepers, that's all outsourced so that I can focus on the main thing, which is helping my clients get a home, buy or sell a home. I also have showing agents, but I I like to go on the showing still. I might outsource that later, but I really like building genuine relationships and I mean, on my Google reviews, I have like about 100 plus five stars. And that's just a testament to the service that I've provided along with my team. 
I love that you say that. And, you know, I am the queen of outsourcing and delegating. I personally believe that the, the way that I look at it in my mind, and there, there literally is absolutely nothing that I do. I don't do laundry. I don't cook. I don't clean my house. I don't, there, there's none of that that I do. And the reason is, is because I spend all my time um, working. And so when I'm not at work, the last thing I'm going to be doing is doing laundry, cooking, folding clothes. None of that is going to happen. And I think that people don't realize that, you know, mowing the lawn and doing laundry and all of that, that is work. And so if you can delegate all those different things, and then when you are at work, you can be completely on, but then when you're off, you can be completely off and be able to recharge your battery. So let's talk about, I know you said, you know, you're contemplating getting a showing agent. I want you to talk about that a little bit because I think a lot more people need to get showing agents and talk about that process of how someone would hire that showing agent. How would they pay them? And what does that look like? So on my team, we've been kind of experimenting with this because we hired about seven agents in the past year before it was about five or four of us. And with this, it's more so like, look, if the agents said, help me out, if you're going to be working on a deal with me and I provided the client, the splits are different. It might be like 70 for me, 30 for me, depending on uh, the volume that that agent has done with me over the year. If they're just showing homes about three homes and that's 50 to hundred dollars for the showing and depends on how many miles they drive and all. So for us, we're still testing it out. But right now the structure that we have, if they're only showing homes and they're not going to help us through the whole process, it's about 50 to hundred dollars, depending on how many homes are showed. And if they're going to be on the deal with me, which I'm like, Hey, you know what, we're going to work this together. Then that's when we split it about 70, 30 or 60, 40. That's the okay, structure right so, now that we have. Okay. So you're going to give them a little bit of money cash up front is what you're saying to show the home, but then you're going to give them more money once it closes. Is that what I so, heard you say? No. So it's more so if they just show homes and they're not going to be part of the whole transaction, then it's about 50 to a hundred dollars. But if I let them know specifically, Hey, you know what? I want you to help me out throughout everything. So showing homes, we're going to do the negotiations together. We're going to get the inspector, everything to closing. Then that's when we split it. Whatever split we decide, it's usually 70, 30 or 60, 40. So what would you say is a fair amount of money? Let's say someone, you just want to pay them to show homes. What's kind of like, because I mean, you could say someone might show them two homes. They might show 10 homes. They might show 30 homes. Is it per home that you're, you know, gas prices are going up? What's, what's that look like? Yeah. So we usually do three homes is going to be 50. And whenever it's three, to six homes, that's a hundred. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Now let's talk about referrals. Cause I know that that is a huge source yes, of clients sure. and it's obviously the cheapest way to get clients. Zillow, <laughs> just so you know, listen to this. Zillow called me <laughs> this week. Okay. No joke. 
And they were like, hey, we wanted to, because we already have some zip codes with them and we pay for leads and we've had contracts from a long time ago. They literally called me and they were like, we wanted to see if you wanted to, we got a new area open up and they had done the math for me. And they said, well, this will give you um, three leads for the month. And I was like, and how much is that going to be? And they were like, $1,500. And I said, so three leads for the month is going to cost me $1,500. And I, they said, yes, but they're going to transfer the lead, the live lead to you. And I'm like, yeah, they can transfer the live lead to me, but I don't know if they're going to be qualified or whatever. $500 yeah. per lead is what Zillow called me this past week to charge me. I was like, you guys have lost your mind. Like now you've really <laughs> lost your mind. But yeah. anyway, so let's talk about the referral. Let's let's do a real role play real quick. If you were going to call me and ask me for a referral, what is it? So so what it usually goes like is my we're at I I ask for the referral always at closing. So with this, my clients are like over the moon. Oh, thank you so much for doing this and that. And then what I want to make sure is they repeat what I did. So I'm like Chantel, what, what was it about what I did that you liked the most? And then they're going to say, oh, the fact that you, you were just really fast on it and this market, it's, it's extremely hard to get a home or something along those lines. Then for me afterwards, I'm like, thank you so much. I'm so happy you noticed that. And I know it's very important to help out anyone else you know. So out of the people that you know, who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? A lot of people, when they ask for referrals, ask, do you know of anyone that's looking to buy or sell? And the thing that unfortunately is wrong with that is that that's a yes or a no. Whenever we ask open-ended questions, it leaves space for someone to think. And the fact that you just ask, what did you like about what I did? You're already top of mind in their head. And they're like, they did a great job. So let me think of who they know. So whenever you say, who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? That's open-ended. And they can't really say no. They're going to think. And from there, you'll most likely get a referral if you did a great job. So if I said, if if you asked me that, who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? And I would say, and let's say I responded by saying, you know what? I don't know. I have to think about that. What would your response be? My response on that would be, I feel like on this, I would... I would reach out again, maybe, maybe next week. Um, I, I, I don't like to, to be like too pestering on that side of things. And I mean, maybe it's, it's something that's in my head, but that's in your I head. Do. That's in your head. Because I'm going to tell you what I would say. If someone said that, I would say, no problem. Why don't you think about it? And I will follow up with you tomorrow and we can kind of talk about Perfect. anyone who like you're that. thinking about. And then I would even ask more clarifying questions. I'd be like, do you, what about your neighbors? Like, depending on, you know, do you know of any of your neighbors? And I would start giving them ideas. Like, what about any of your family members or your cousins? You start jogging their mind because as soon as they say that, but here's like my that. thing. Here's my thing. I don't ever feel like I'm a pest. Okay. One of the things we always train agents to do is the, is the double dial where if someone calls that you call them. And then if they don't, you do a double dial. I'm telling you right now, I will triple dial someone like I'll call them 
They don't answer. I'll call them again. They don't answer. I call them again and they answer. And I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And it's like, okay, well, what's wrong? I'm like, I need to talk to you, but I don't ever in my mind, I don't ever feel like I'm a pest ever. It's not even in the back of my mind. I just know I'm very aggressive and I want what I want and I'm going to get what I want. So if if it takes me three dials to get it, I'm going to do it. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. Yeah. On that, that's, I mean, that's a great response. I feel like sometimes what I used to be like a lot in my head, I was like, when I would cold call, like I said, I cold call for two months, but then I found a way better source through warm leads, referrals and all. But yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, why am I, I'm going to be annoying. But then it was just a mindset shift of like, Hey, you know what, if I don't help them out, an agent that does not know as much as I do will help them out. So it's in my best interest and their best interest for me to help them out. So that, that was a mindset shift that helped me when I started doing more of the cold call stuff. But like I said, cold calling, I don't do that anymore. So it's more so sphere of influence, social media and referrals that I get a ton of leads, maybe like three referrals per week. So how many times are you posting and what is the best Facebook ad you've ever done to bring more leads your way? I don't really do Facebook, Facebook ads. I don't do that either. That's because Uh, you're young. (laughs) (laughs) I use Facebook to check on birthdays. That's what I use it more so for. Um, Okay. What about Instagram and, and, and TikTok? Instagram. I always post stories as it will not post. It's just putting a story that lasts for a day story of what I'm doing today. Like for example, I'm going to put a story of like the call that just went on then I had a coaching call before. So I put a story about that. I'm going to show some homes afterwards. I'm having a meetup with someone from Bigger Pockets today in Austin. So I'm going to post about that. It's kind of like day in the life. Then yesterday I played soccer. I posted about that, you know. So it's a lot of things, stories and all. I hired a videographer. So I'm going to be posting a lot of educational videos on TikTok. I do the documentary stuff we we're talking about once a day. Usually on TikTok, I post content. For Instagram posts, maybe once a week, but for stories, like two or three times a day. See, I think that's so effective what you're saying, because you're basically saying two to three times a day, you are keeping in the top of people's mind that Andre sells real estate. Andre is passionate about what he does. Andre loves what he does. And here's your reminder. Some people might say, well, you know, three stories a day is too much. I don't. I think that's fantastic. Again, that's another mindset shift. Um, So what, give me some more ideas of things that people could post on their stories that people could relate to. It's. It's but that people can relate to everyday things. I mean, for me, I don't want to just be the real estate, real estate, real estate. No, it's like, look, I'm a normal guy. I play soccer. I'll post about soccer. People relate to that. I'm going to post about what I'm doing. Hey, you know what? Um, I went to this local place, you know, talk local. That's great all the time. And you can promote things like that. And then an inspection. I have an inspection soon. I'm going to talk about the inspection. I'm going to have my inspector say, hey, what are the capital expenditures? Plumbing, HVAC, as you all guys all know. And why is it important to look into that whenever you do an inspection? Things along those, there's small things. You can talk about just 
an HVAC system, why is that important in Austin around how, how much does that cost on average? What will it take to fix it? You know, it's the smallest things that you can just break down and talk about it each day. Mm-hmm. Anything you do in real estate can be a topic. I love that. That's so good. Well, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate you being with us today. And we just want you to type in the chat if you can, um, your information so we can send referrals your way. We'd love to send those over to you and people can learn more about you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents. And tune in next week for another power-packed episode. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast.